Welcome to Becoming an Elite Financial Advisor with Sten Morgan, where we help financial professionals like you recognize and reach your potential faster. Whether you've been in the business for a few years or a few decades, you're listening to this show because you want to improve. Well, today's guest is a great example of someone who has a healthy impatience that has helped them achieve some great results in just a few short years. This episode will also give you some insight into working with your spouse if you've ever considered that. Here's my conversation with Patrick Rogers, a member of our Elite Advisor Network. Well, Patrick, thank you for joining me today, man. I'm, I'm excited to have our audience learn more about you and your journey and um, just appreciate appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, of course. No, thank you all so much for, for having me here and uh, really looking forward to fleshing out some of uh, how we got here. So thanks so much. Absolutely. Well, I want to, you know, I I usually ask the same questions, but I want to kind of switch up the order because I I just find this one to be the best. So maybe you'll stop. Maybe people will stop listening after I ask this question, but it's always my favorite, uh, which is what's your earliest or strongest childhood memory around money? Ooh, yeah. Um, I would say the earliest or really earliest and strongest, I'd say they kind of coincide for me is, um, really just kind of being told we didn't have any, or we didn't have money to do things we wanted to do. Like what? Um, like, is there a specific time that you remember that happening in public? Yeah. Yeah, there actually is. Um, and, oh. and I might have like some of the details off a little bit, just so, sure. you know, mom and dad, if you're listening, please forgive me. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but no, so the, the earliest memory I have, and especially in a negative sense with money was, mm-hmm. Uh, being at the grocery store with my mom when I was young and, and I don't know exactly how old, but probably elementary school or something. And you know how they used to have like, if people wrote a check in the grocery store, they would like slide it through this machine. They would like clear it right there. I worked at a grocery store in high school. I absolutely remember doing that. Yeah. 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 So I remember my mom like wrote a check for groceries one time and I think the check got denied. And it's like we're standing in Walmart and there's not money to pay for the groceries and you have to go and like put stuff back or just like leave the buggy there. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty that's a pretty affecting experience, I would say, for anyone in life, but especially like for a child, like not really understanding like how the world worked at that point in life. Yeah. Uh, but knowing that money is obviously important because that's required for us to to live and to have food and things like that. Um, that was a pretty, pretty difficult experience, I would say. Yeah. And, um, and, and now as, you know, I hear that story from the parent perspective and I just think how heartbreaking that must feel as a parent to, to be in that situation. Um, so, so that was the sort of the world you grew up in was, which I think is pretty common, maybe not bouncing checks, but just money wasn't a joy. It was a burden, Right. Yeah, I, I would say more so, more so along those lines. And and it, it's not to clarify, it's not like uh, we didn't have money necessarily. It's just for some reason that day the numbers didn't line up, right? Like yeah. almost like the situation was out of control, and yeah. and there just wasn't a sense of clarity or understanding around, you know, where where is our future heading? Um, yeah, yeah, and and that that's something that you know, for me is, is honestly part of the passion of why I'm in this business now and, and why I would, why, why I do intentionally take time to dig into the details with clients to uh, really help them understand, you know, how money flows in and out of their lives successfully. 
Well, let's fast forward to now. Um, tell folks you live in Simpsonville, uh, South Carolina, outside of Greenville. So uh, you and your wife uh, and I believe uh, Dottie, who yep. how old is Dottie? Uh, she just turned five, um, okay, and great. my my wife would probably give you the actual date. I don't know her actual birthday. So. We're talking about his dog, by the way, not his child. Yeah, so thank just you. Just to clarify, you're in huge trouble. It's like I don't know my kid's birthday. Um, right. yeah. So so yeah, so you uh, and your wife Haley and Dottie and and Haley um, works with you now, right? That's correct. Yeah, so she actually started working with me full time back at the beginning of this year. Um, took over as my practice manager to really. Oh, help I thought it was out. like a corporate takeover situation. She came in and, and uh, <laughs> bought a yeah, we, steak. And uh, right, we actually just had a conversation before she left the office today um, about you. We have a new full time admin coming on, and yeah. she was telling me about some ideas for Christmas gifts and like some office like some paraphernalia from the show, the office. Cause we love the office. <laughs> and I said to her, I was like, Oh, you should de- definitely give me the world's best boss coffee mug. And she's like, who are you kidding? I'm the boss. Said, oh, yes, ma'am. See how this yes, is. Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, so she's worked with you f- since the start of the year. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, how, how long did it take from the time that, uh, you guys started talking about her working with you to her working with you? You know, that's, has it always been a dream or? Yeah. Recent? So I, I was going to say it, it's actually always been the plan. Um, you know, we got married in October of 2016 and literally two weeks later, like we had the honeymoon, we got home from the honeymoon a week later, we decided to get into this business. Um, mm-hmm. and from the start, it was always, we want to have a family business. We want to, uh, be able to work together, have more freedom of time, freedom of schedule, freedom of lifestyle. Right. Um, and that's always been a goal, but you know, from then until now, going from basically the end of 2016 to the beginning of 2022, I guess it really took us about you know five years to get. Wow! Wow! Four and wow. a half years. Yeah. Wow. So tell us where you're at professionally, sort of structurally, um, you know, and your journey from how you got in the business, uh, you know. What was the company started with, and then and then where are you at structurally now? Yeah, um, so we, we can go really long winded, or we can go short winded on this one. Um, I'll, I'll definitely keep it shorter. But so when I first got in the business, and like I mentioned in 2016, when we decided to go this route, I was working full time as an engineer uh, in the automotive field, and the thing that led me to this business was we actually works or Haley and I, before we got married, we sat down with a lot of financial advisors to get some direction on where we wanted to go. Right. And everyone we met with just either pitched us insurance products or told us to call them in five years. Wow. Um, and super that was helpful. Very, huh? Now yeah, you needed, helpful, you maybe, right? maybe you needed some insurance, right? But that wasn't the entirety of the conversation, right? I mean, yeah. or that was the entirety of the conversation and you didn't really feel served. Exactly. Yeah. And and it was, it was all, you know, some of the big name brokerages, um, you know, where they, they lead with insurance as a planning vehicle, things of that nature. Um, and, you know, opinions aside, it just, it wasn't the right fit for us at the time. Right. Uh-huh. And so we started out part-time, um, got licensed shortly after we got into the business. And I just, I continued that part-time cycle for a few years. Um, we were actually living in Augusta, Georgia at the time moved back to this area where we are now, which is my hometown in Greenville, South Carolina. 
2017. And for about another, just about two years, I was working full-time as a mechanical engineer in the automotive realm and building a business part-time. And we finally got to a point at the end of 2019 where there was just so much demand on my time from my corporate job. I'm doing three roles, getting paid for one, having to travel every month, et cetera. Uh, Kind of the same old song and dance everyone's talking about these days. Um, And the business was also growing and it was sustainable. And we had, you know, we're we're profitable at that time, you know, covering our expenses and, and having a lot of opportunities come our way that we just decided, hey, you know, we feel like we need to pursue this. And I quit my job and wow. Haley was still working somewhere else. Um, but I quit my job and just went full force right before the COVID crash happened. So that yeah. was really, really fun during 2020 uh, and 2021 there. Um, but, you know, so we we just kind of followed that path and you know, worked our tails off, especially over the past two and a half years to get sure. to where we are. Um, so where we are today is we, we're an independent firm. We're part of a larger umbrella group. Um, our broker dealer is Cambridge Investment Research, um, hybrid or hybrid firm, I would say, dual registered FINRA and SEC. Um, we work with just under 300 households at the time. Um, and we serve clients, you know, pretty much across the spectrum is the way we've started out. Yeah. Uh, where we are now, though, is we're actually making a shift in the way we serve clients to be more focused on the actual planning element of their lives, you know, being right. that quarterback, as you, as you might say, to really guide them along the process of successful planning, not just touching on investments like most advisors do, but really incorporating every aspect of their financial life from cash. Has that below. been, I mean, so, I mean, you and I have had conversations about this as you're a member of mm-hmm. the Elite Advisor Network. I mean, th- there is a shift, right? I mean, there's a shift from we talk about this in our stages, there was a shift as an advisor from, hey, I need to um, eat. So if you can breathe, you're a potential client, <laughs> right? Um, and you you had different lead sources, which we won't get into, but you've had different places that you've gotten leads from. Mm-hmm. And again, you're grateful for that and you want to help those people, but th- those aren't the people necessarily you want to be working with going forward. So, I, you know, we I remember sitting across from you in our offices, actually, you, you and Haley came and visited and and it was really about, you know, Sven and I were, were leaning in to you on the idea that, you know, you really need to decide what kind of client you want to have going forward. And that's mm-hmm. that's a hard thing. You know, it's a hard thing to transition from what you've known and who you've sort of attracted or even paid to attract your lead sources. So, I mean, do you, do you feel like you're, you're in sort of a, a, a hard long turn in your business towards a better direction? How would you describe where you're at in your business? Yeah, no, that's that's a really great question. Um, and, and I like the way you just asked that around the hard long term. Yeah. I would say, you know, where we are is we're definitely on that turn. Like um, Haley actually gave an example to me uh, a few weeks back where she said, you know, if, if a ship or a plane wants to turn around, right. right, it doesn't just turn on a dime. Right. You have to actually engage into this long sweeping curve where you have to see all the landscape across the horizon as you're making that bank to go 180 degrees in the other direction. Right. That's, that's right. definitely where we are. You know, we've, we've been making some strategic moves and strategic changes to uh, really align our processes, 
our systems, our staff, everything to be more focused on the type of value we want to provide for clients over time. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, what do you do to, and what story do you tell yourself? Because I know there's advisors listening to say, okay, you know, how, how can I avoid being confused with every other flipping advisor on the planet who kind of does the same thing? So when, when, mm-hmm. when someone says, oh, I've already got a guy, <laughs> right? Which is like the least favorite term of any person who's trying to like, oh, I got a guy. Okay, great. Um, what, how do you differentiate yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, in, in terms of the way we do it, it's it's really this might sound a little bit counterintuitive because everybody, or at least on the surface, people might think this is the normal answer. We really are empathetic and care about the best for our clients. And and when I say that, what I mean is we're not just gonna stop at the surface level. Um, in in terms of our process and conversations, like if somebody says, I've already got a guy. You know, right. my first response is, hey, that's fantastic. I'm so glad that you have a trusted partner you work with. Tell me about that relationship. What does it look like? Yeah. Like, like what kind of actual service are you receiving from them? And, yeah. and a great example of that for me, Andy, is I actually just had a, uh, a plan proposal meeting this afternoon about two hours ago. Right. With some very good friends of ours or business owners in the area. And they have a guy, right? <laughs> but that guy charged them a fee to do a very, very basic level of service and never followed up. And that's not what they needed. That's not what they wanted. Tell me, right? tell me a little bit more about that. What, what do you mean by they, he charged them a fee and then they didn't follow up? What, what did they pay for that they didn't get? Yeah, so, so they, they thought that they were getting a, a more of an ongoing proactive advisory relationship. You know, having someone who is going to be intentionally reaching out, proactively helping them pursue their goals, you right. know, actively reviewing elements of their financial life, like taxes, like investments, estates, uh, business ownership plans, things of that nature. And ultimately, and so was, was their expectation, I, I just want to dig in this a little bit. What, yeah, do you yeah, feel like ahead, their expectation was, you know, hey, Bob, we thought you were going to meet with us like, you know, every month. Or was it like, hey, we just thought like we're going to get a couple of meetings a year and like we just we haven't heard anything. Yeah, I, I think it was more so expecting like a few per year. And then yeah, yeah. it was more of just like a, an automated drip to follow up kind of right. thing. And, right. and you know, that's that's the way a lot of people would probably be okay with, but that's not the kind of people that we want to serve, right? We, we want to be proactively engaged with folks in their lives, um, not, not to where we are necessarily talking every few weeks because there's not necessarily a need for that, but really providing the highest level of value we can in the most efficient way to help people, you know, move mountains to achieve the success they're looking for. Um, so what, what's your yeah. expectation of level of service or what's their expectation of level of service if they're going to work with you? So uh, I guess there's really two elements of that, right? There, there's my expectation. There's their expectation. Um, which one would you want us to go into? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, if things aren't working out with Bob, whoever that guy is, right? I mean, yeah. if they said, hey, you know, we, we needed more than that. We need, we, mm-hmm. you know, but like literally if they said to you, Hey, can we meet with you once a month? You'd be like, uh, no, you know, we don't need you to meet that much. Right. Um, so what I'm just trying to dial in. Cause I think advisors really appreciate knowing like 
on a really practical level, what what does a you know what is a healthy rhythm um, to work with a planning client? Yeah, that's a great question. So so the way that we've broken that up with our clients and, and our segmentation in our book of business right. is really focusing on what are the high leverage points of value that we can provide to clients. So if if their main focus is going to be around tax planning and estate planning, then okay. we're going to cater that that meeting frequency and meeting schedule to where we can provide the most value for them. So that's going to be uh, like like with our surge schedule we have for meetings. Um, that's going to be specific meetings before and after tax time, as well as another follow up, you know, towards the end of the year. Really, really okay. making sure that we're buffering around those highest value opportunities for them. Um, for a lot of clients we have that are more, we'll say like a mid tier, uh, they're, they've got some assets with us that we're managing for retirement or they're already in retirement. We're just helping them with the distribution strategy. You know, we're still for us, we are intentionally reaching out and having conversations with them at least, uh, twice a year, just to right. make sure that they are comfortable with what's going on with the markets, educating mm-hmm. them on other opportunities they need to be aware of or pitfalls to address. Um, as they go on, you know, with life on, on a regular basis. Right. Uh, or talk to them about, Hey, your money's worth 10% less because of inflation. So what are we going to do about that? You know, right. I mean, just, right. just having, having conversations about the state of the world, you know, Hey, the yeah, market's and- way down, you know, let's not be afraid to talk about that. So, right. so tell me more about, um, what you've done because, uh, so 20, so it's 2022. You, you said you were, started in 2016 right yeah i i would use that word started pretty loosely <laughs> right that's what i was going to say that's yeah that's what i was going to say so yeah i mean it's, i want to shift the conversation a little bit towards your investment in you and your business mm-hmm. um because one of the mm-hmm. other questions we ask is what's a financial um something you wasted money on that you won't forget and it was really recent a lot of people talk about Correct. something a long time ago um, but it, it was pretty recent. And I just, I think that our audience would really be interested because I think there's people in our audience that have done the same thing or are thinking about the same thing. Um, and, and it also got me curious, obviously, because, you know, as being a part of a lead advisor network, which some people sort of view as a mastermind, which I think in some yeah. degree it is. Um, what, so just, just tell folks what's a, what's a financial regret because it's pretty, pretty recent. Yeah. So, so the thing that will hang over my head for the rest of my life is I actually invested $5,000 at the end of last year into a uh, multi-industry business mastermind group. Okay. Um, multi-industry and, meaning not just advisors? Correct. Yeah. And, and it's actually more service providers in the construction space and okay. uh, small business services. Okay. Um, and, and the purpose behind that was, you know, going back to the vein of investing in ourselves, you know, we know in the advisory space the types of business models there are. We know how people typically serve clients. And what I wanted to do was actually get out of my own frame of mind, my own uh, my own community or my own culture, if you will, and understand how are other businesses proactively prospecting, serving clients, and continuing long-term relationships right. with more like transactional businesses. Yeah, you know, like if it's a roofer or if it's a, um, you know, a house cleaner or, um, you know, any kind of service like that, right? A plumber, things of that nature. 
Right. And I wanted to understand, you know, how could we apply some of the principles that they have of sales and prospecting and service back to our business to provide a higher value for our clients? And, and then the regret there is, you know, we invest this money and then there's a really, really good sales pitch. And, and I still, I love the guys to death, but the, the situation and the, the actual support and the structure of the group kind of fell apart. Hmm. Um, and that was really, really disappointing because we, we were expecting to get a lot out of that. And we were intentionally allocating that money and to invest into ourselves and help other yeah. people as we yeah. grew. Um, but the reason why it's the biggest regret <laughs> is uh, people always say, or you hear a lot of people say that their spouses are usually, they have a voice of intuition, right? They can kind of feel things out and say, yay or nay on making. Well, I've never heard that said about a husband. So yes, I've well, heard that. Well, yeah, there you go. Valid, yeah, okay. valid. So, so from the man's perspective, we'll say. <laughs> I've, ne- I've never heard anyone uh, say my husband has great intuition. Maybe there are. And God bless you guys. If, if you're out there and you have great intuition, good luck. You know, yeah. Good, good for that, you. Yeah, but best I of don't. luck. I had to, I had to marry, I had to marry intuition to get some, you know, right. so your, um, so your wife, your wife knew before. Yeah. I, I'll just, I'll say she was skeptical. Um, yeah. and for me, it was more so, you know, I was on this kick of self-improvement and on this kick of sure. wanting to improve our business and things like that. And yeah. it just, it, at the end, I should have listened to Haley. Um, that, that yeah. said, we did have some pretty good, healthy relationships come out of that you know, meeting other business owners, some that are actually service providers for us now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's been a really helpful thing. But in terms of the actual value we were looking for, right? I wouldn't say that we actually uh, received that from that investment. Well, help me understand this then in our listeners, more importantly, because I think that, I think this is really valuable is, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, you know, your, your, your mistake can help others avoid it, avoid the same kind of mistake. I mean, um, what what should you be looking for in a group um, that, you know, to legitimize and understand, um, you know, what, what a good investment is? Because, I mean, you have to, this is the hard part. I mean, some of them have money back guarantees, some of them don't, but you know, there's, you know, there's, there's always opportunities and the sales pitch is always good. Otherwise people wouldn't buy it. So what, what's, what do you use or, or what would you encourage people to ask before they invest in groups like EAN or whatever group you, you, you joined? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, in terms of the leadership structure of the group, I would say someone that's number one competent, right? Um, but not just competent in sales, competent in the actual areas of support you're looking for. So, you know, not to to give a sales pitch here, but for me, like the the big value of EAN and joining the Elite Advisor Network was having leadership in place that they've already forged that path, right? They they've laid laid the groundwork, if you will, for where we want to go. You know, yeah. you're hear Stan or hear Legacy talking about what they're doing with financial planning and how it's been a great vertical and value add for their business. And I want to replicate that, right? Um, I have replicated that or started to do so in the sense of actually closed $15,000 in planning revenue in the past week, right? So it's been a huge benefit for our business. Um, So the key thing for me is number one, the leadership has to have that competency, but a lot of that competency comes from just longevity, Right. So even if the group itself is newer, right? If it's yeah. a year or less old, 
as long as the leadership is committed to that and you can see that there is competency uh, and some consistency over time with the way they operate and the way they approach what they're what they're providing value wise, that would be the number one thing for me. Yeah, um, to know so you can go ahead and see like how that applies to your life. In the same way that our clients look at us, right? Uh, when I first started in the business, I consistently had older clients because you know, I'm right, right. twenty nine years old. Um, I had older clients who would always ask me, "Well, why should I hire you? Like, are you going to be in this <laughs> for long?" Yeah, <laughs> right? son. Anytime they yeah. ask that question with, and they use the word "son," right, oh, son, right. you're like, uh, <laughs> uh, right, and it's really awkward when you know they they say, "Oh, my kids are older than you," right. <laughs> Uh, but but for me, you know, my natural response or my initial retort to that is always, well, how do you feel about that guy that's been doing the same job at, at your job for 30 years? And you kind of wonder, are they really are they really at the top of their game anymore? Are they still, you know, getting up and going, trying to improve themselves, improve the business, really give it their all every day? And and most of the time, you know, in the corporate world, at least from my experience, that's not the case, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't want to say that about, you know, other advisors in our space, but I would say with the average age of a financial advisor right now being about 57 years old, there's a higher risk of that right now. Um, people that have been in for a long time, they've kind of gotten comfortable. You know, we talked about the advisor stages on the podcast. You get to that comfortable stage and you might not really make those extra steps to get to those next levels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. I don't know if that's helpful or not. I just throw yeah. that out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, you how how old are you again? Uh just turned 29 last month. Okay, 29. Yeah. Okay. All right. I I want to wrap up with this because I think it's gonna be really helpful, whether people have been um, you know, in the business for a long time or they're just starting off. But I feel like you've accelerated to your track or trajectory to going independent has been pretty quick. Um, and and I don't think it's I don't think going independent solves all things for all advisors. But I think that you, you're a good example in our community of a healthy impatience. And Sten talks mm-hmm. about this, like why, why Sten doesn't like 10-year paths. He likes, mm-hmm. he likes three-year paths. Um, and, you know, we, well, I remember, wasn't it, we were talking with you about how quickly to get your CFP. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, congratulations, by the way. Thank um, you. Appreciate it. Got your CFP. Yeah. Um, so, what what encouragement would you have for advisors who I, I just think you're a good example of making decisions wisely because you married well, but also just you know fast. I mean, I think you're 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 moving, man. You know, you're you're making changes pretty quickly, and probably every six to twelve months, you've made some pretty major decision in your company, right? Mm-hmm. So, what advice would you have? How can other advisors, if they feel like, man, I'm just I'm just sort of doing the same thing and I'm on the same path that all these other people are on. Um, you know, what, what encouragement would you give to them? What do they need to do to, to either avoid the rut or get out of the rut? Hmm. Yeah. I've, I mean, for me, I would say there, there's a couple elements of that. Um, one of those elements is always be learning. Um, and, and I think to some extent, there's there's an innate aspect of that for different people, different personality types. For me, you know, just just my background and the way I was brought up and the way that um, 
you know, I worked through school and college and things of that nature. I always wanted to just know more because if I know more, I can provide better value at a faster pace for people that are really need it and are willing to accept it. Um, so, so I think that consistently putting yourself in those scenarios and those situations to where you have to challenge yourself to have more knowledge to improve your craft. I think that's mm. one of those key things and, and understanding that this is a craft, right? Or, or you can turn it into a craft. Uh, my grandfather was a master carpenter mm. and uh, that's one of those things where I learned from him at a very early age, you know, you have to be an expert in your skill. Uh, if you're not, then you can still produce and you can still provide good quality goods or furniture or services. But if you want to be, you know, well known for your work or you want to have impact with your work, you have to become a master of that craft and that skill set. Um, I think the other side of that is just having a purpose and having a why to or behind what you want to do. When I first got in this business, one of my big whys was we have some some pretty big charitable goals. Um, you know, for us, we I grew up in a a good Southern Christian home, and uh, we we really believe in supporting our church and supporting our community and helping others through our our church body here in Greenville. And one of our long term goals is we we want to be able to tithe you know one percent of our church's budget. Um, and that's a pretty big number, we'll say, out of our revenue. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say we're we're about a third to a little bit more than a third of the way there right now. And I'm um, really excited about that. You know, it's scary at times uh, to yeah. commit to things like that. But yeah. um, but just having a why and having something that really is the piece of your legacy or the piece of your, um, I kind of hate using the word legacy sometimes because I feel like it's overused, but really the the impact that you want to leave on this world and the impact you want to have on others, that's going to be the driving force to keep you going. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of people over time, like in the fitness space, they talk about right. motivation and discipline and anybody can be motivated by something for a little while. But right. if, it's, if it's something that is motivating you that is not just a, oh yeah, I want to do that because it's cool or, oh, I feel like I would look great if I accomplish this thing. If, if it's something deeper where you know that there's actually a lasting impact and you can develop that discipline to stick with it and truly embody uh, the path and, that's going to lead to success in whatever it is, I think that's the key thing. Gotcha. I don't know if any of that made sense. But sure. <laughs> it made sure. sense as I was thinking about it. So. Sure, sure. Well, man, we appreciate you. Appreciate you being part of our community. You know, your wife has um, been a really great addition to our Level Up community for administrators and, um, you know, and support staff. Um, and, you know, I know that she's a huge part of your success even before she mm-hmm. came into the business officially. You know, you guys are just a good team. You balance mm-hmm. each other well. Um, and it's just been a joy to have you a part of Elite Advisor Network and um, appreciate taking some time to tell your story and, um, you know, I, I think good trees bear good fruit and, and you, your, your, your company is bearing good fruit. Um, and, and you and your wife are blessing a lot of people through your work. So, um, just thanks for your friendship. Thanks for your part in our community. Um, thanks for adding value to folks today. If folks wanted to reach out and talk to you, um, where could they find you? 
Yeah. Um, the, the best way would be, you know, you can, you can give me a call or email me. Um, our, our office number is 864-383-1634, uh, or you can email me at Patrick at smartprousa.com. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time, my friend. Appreciate you very much. And, um, uh, we'll, we'll look forward to continuing to work with you through the, uh, through the network. Sounds good. Thank you so much for your time, Andy. Appreciate the opportunity. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's member conversation. If you'd like to be part of our community of elite advisors who are working to improve their life and business, then please visit stenmorgan.com slash E-A-N. And if you have ideas for future shows or a question you'd like to ask Sten to answer on a future show, then you can go to stenmorgan.com slash podcast and leave us a note there. And as always, we really appreciate your reviews. Please go find iTunes and leave a review for the show there. Thanks again for listening, for being a part of our community. Just know that we do appreciate you very much.